Shall we discuss whether or not we're going to do another James Patterson? Patterson. Because there is that Christmas one. Is it out already? This year, while we're enjoying the warmth of Christmas, the Women's Murder Club will be out in the cold chasing killers. About a women's crime club. The Women's Murder Club is back. Read 19th Christmas. Should we actually read it? Well, I've come up with an ingenious idea that I'm going to call James Patterson Bingo. Merry 19th Christmas, ladies. I'm pretty sure I came up with that idea. Oh, what episode are we on now? Six, seven, Uh, a million? uh, Seven. Two (laughs) hundred? It feels like it. Uh, And how many many chapters chapters have we done? How many chapters have we done? A good question. One, two, three. 19. We actually recorded all of these in a single evening in 2019. I hope <laughs> I hope 2020 is going to be good. Uh, yeah, I just hope I have my health, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, screw recaps. I think we've already said that. Um, I, I'm not going to bother doing that. If this is the first James Patterson bingo episode you happen to have clicked on, um, turn back now. <laughs> uh, Go back to if one. if you are foolish enough to stay around... We are going through a novel by the eminent author, Sir James Patterson, and playing... He's best-selling. Don't, don't undersell Best-selling. True. I shouldn't have made that sound ironic. Um, and choosing a random chapter each time and trying to figure out what is going on. So far, as my colleague has pointed out, we've done 19 chapters um, from all over the book, including the about the author and some weird... <laughs> newspaper clipping they had at the front that which actually, told us nothing about the main characters <laughs> no but it, it, it gave us all of their names for the first time ever that's true can you remember them um yuki conklin no conklin is a guy was conklin not the name of was it not the name of a husband God, and i'm wife? sure conklin is a guy okay uh, isn't someone having an affair with oh no, sorry like a like it's Conklin's partner was Doc, the Cindy Doc, who, Doc who is a journalist <laughs> that, that's not one of the women's murder club <laughs> um uh what's the name what name one's called Lindsay main yep. one's called Lindsay Linz. uh and then there is another one and I can't remember her name they're just maybe it is Conklin basically I mean they're not very memorable characters no they are um, the only thing that the only way you'd actually be able to tell them apart is if you actually said their name every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're sounding very high energy, um, so we, we must be raring to go. Have you got your random number generator? I do. I do. I'm going to randomly generate a number. Okay. Generated a random number. 21. 21. We did which 19, we, didn't we? We did 19. Well remembered. Jesus. <laughs> The things I the things I actually remember. <laughs> it's crazy that you remember that. I've got a spreadsheet in front of me. Um, so the last one, the closest one we did is nineteen, which was whack the mare with this tiny wad. See, I because that was the last one we did. I actually do remember that one. They, yeah, they <laughs> yeah, met I do. A, They met a very offensive prostitute stereotype in a stairwell and handed her a tiny wearing wad a of bodice. Cash. Yes, wearing a bodice. Yeah. Well, it, I might as well recap what that bit means. I don't know why I'm suddenly explaining the rules for the seventh episode in, um, but we are also coming up with a short summary for each uh, chapter we do. 
creating some sort and of nightmarish meta poetry by the end of this. Meta poetry, yeah. Oh yeah, let's let, um didn't we say last time let's try and make one of them one word. Did we not do that already? Did we not do that last time? Yeah, we did, but I think I think we should make that okay. uh, a weekly thing. I will ahead of time say that the word is going to be dog shit. <laughs> well, I now I'm just praying that that becomes <laughs> in some way relevant. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, chapter 21. Conklin found a pickup partner in robbery and they left the hall to bring Miss Dancy in. Okay. Dancy so we're still... is the prostitute. Yeah, correct, yeah. Jacoby swooped in, took Conklin's vacant chair <laughs> like and plugged in his laptop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, must suck to get dragged back into this mess. Not at all, boxer. It's retirement that sucks. Oh, uh, that is... Once again, he's just rummaged deep into the the police... Cliche precinct cliche file. Not that deep. Um, Come back out of retirement for one last case. And also, isn't it even worse? Because isn't Jacoby the one who gets shot soon? (laughs) And he's all... One day before retirement. (laughs) He'd just come out of retirement, Linz. Um, (sighs) Job one for us was the De Young Museum in Golden Gate Park. It's a red herring. Yeah, we already know this is a, a false flag, don't we? We were both familiar with the spacious modern showplace that held a permanent collection of great American art, as well as priceless jewellery and special exhibits. Classic. That is, that's what a museum does. classic Patterson, that. That's just describing what a museum is. Yeah, exactly. Generally, if you described a particular museum, you would reference, like, the star exhibit, wouldn't you? Like, the, the Natural yeah. History Museum, you immediately think, well, I do, of the giant Diplodocus in the yeah. entrance hall. Or with, would, the, uh, with, with, with the art, you know, it's actually got like a... It's got a Jackson Pollock or something, you know. Exactly, it's just, yeah. It's just American art. Yeah, we've got American art, priceless jewellery, and, Adam, special exhibits. No normal exhibits at the <laughs> de Young Museum. Only special ones. Absolute classic. With the opening of the annual holiday artisan fair and special viewing hours, foot traffic would be up. <laughs> Yeah, because museums are busier at busy times, aren't they? That's really good. Yeah, when there's, when there's more foot traffic, they are generally busier. I think is the rule. <laughs> you called museum security, I said, and you hit the keys. Does oh, that mean God. typing? I think that means typing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, hit the keys. Hit the keys. I grinned at him. It felt great to be partnered again with my old pal. We had always been able to read read each other's minds and finish each other's sentences. We hadn't lost the knack. <laughs> I booted up my computer. If the de Young was the target, which it isn't, I could envision gunfire spraying throughout the galleries. Ooh, Act- that's quite graphic. Rather active imagination there, Lindsay. I could imagine a bloodbath. Oh, come on, how busy are museums, really? How special are the exhibits? Jacoby said, guy named James Carp was head of security last time I checked. I used that's to know him. Fishy. <laughs> that's what this needs. Some some dad jokes, jokes. yeah. (laughs) As Jacoby dialed out, I hit the keys, asking our software for museum robberies. Jesus. It it honestly sounds like an old man going down to the beach or, you know, the shore. I'm going to hit the keys. Well, you know that, like, you always hear those things about old people, like, typing please before their Google searches. (laughs) James James Baddison is the kind of of guy who would do that. Please, Google. This is a totally unfair thing to bring out on my... um, younger brother but it always makes me laugh to think of it um he once he was very young at the time but he once googled 
what does David Lynch look like? (laughs) (laughs) That's quite good. Yeah, it's very sweet. Pages of them unfilled. uh, Sorry, asking our software for museum robberies. Pages of them unfilled on my screen. I clicked on the first link and read about an audacious museum heist in Boston. Jesus, how many museums are getting heisted? (laughs) All of them. It's 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 an epidemic. Bones aren't cheap, you know. In this case, a couple of armed cops arrived after the museum had closed for the day and told a security guard that they'd received a call reporting a disturbance. Breaking the rules, the guard let the supposed cops in and they promptly handcuffed him, threatened another guard and made off with 13 high-value paintings worth $500 million. There'd been no shooting, no mayhem, just a well-planned and executed robbery. Sounds perfectly civilised. The return on investment was, frankly, unbelievable. The fake cops were never ID'd or caught, and the property was never recovered. A similar job had taken place in a Swiss museum. Two bad guys... Oh. <laughs> so cute. What? Two bad guys? Two bad guys, yeah. Two bad guys in ski masks had forced their way in, bound the security guards with duct tape, and gone out back with four paintings by the All-Star Masters Club. Cezanne, Degas, Monet, and Van Gogh. That's just what you get when you type painters into Google. Yes, four biggest painters, please. What did Van Gogh paint like? <laughs> As with the Boston heist, there'd been good planning, a huge haul disproportionate to the number of men in the crew, and, surprisingly, no bloodshed. Why is that surprising? Like, Do you're most hitting a museum. museum heists go down bloody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why would you ex- anticipate I, a bloodbath? When, when I think museum heist, I think like coming in through the skylight to steal a gem a la wrong trousers. Yeah, it's it's very Poirot and civilised, isn't it? You don't you just know, go in with a with a machine gun and destroy everything you're trying to steal. Exactly, yeah. It's it's all like, you know, slinking down from the ceiling silently, uh limboing under infrared lights, that kind of thing. Si- you James, know, James Patterson is completely incapable of any criminal activity that isn't accompanied by an enormous shootout yeah incapable of like class basically (laughs) absolutely worst case scenario is that some elderly night porter gets coshed yeah quietly coshed there was um not not to date this too badly but near the beginning of the lockdown there was a the the van gogh museum in um amsterdam really yeah took advantage of everybody being away to I don't want to sound like, sort of c- c- who knows what's going to happen between us saying this and and uh and it coming out but I'm almost surprised there hasn't been like way more of that stuff maybe there is and they've only, people will only realize when they actually go back to check <laughs> out all those museum owners with their keys at home well the Louvre keeps flooding as well doesn't it they should just give it a flush <laughs> that's one one dad joke each that's the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> I love the idea of some museum owner coming in after all this, like, settles down, opening up his museum, and there's just a single, like, dinosaur skull spinning <laughs> in the middle of the room. Oh, anyway, where are we? Uh, I hit the keys. Uh, oh, yes, so the Swiss one, blah, 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 Van Gogh. As with the Boston height, there'd been good planning, a huge haul disproportionate to the number of men in the crew, and surprisingly, no bloodshed. Jacoby sighed loudly and said into the phone, Yes, I can continue to hold. I saw the beauty of these robberies that required very few people and had such enormous payouts. Well, yeah. 
yeah, that seems like exactly the kind of robbery you want to do. Exactly. It's almost Low like she's effort and high payout. So surprised there wasn't just an absolute massacre. I went on to read about more sophisticated, over-the-top B-movie type heists involving explosives and tunnels that had taken years to dig. Like the kind you see in good books. Well, yeah, as in more up James Patterson's street. He almost sounds reluctant to write about a museum robbery in which no one gets killed. I would fucking love a tunnel in this. I'd love someone digging a tunnel. It's actually interesting. Yeah. This is another Patterson classic, isn't it? Describe a much more interesting book. (laughs) Don't actually write it. Don't ever dream of writing it. A robbery of a Swedish museum had one team to lift the masterworks while another detonated cars in another part of the city, closing off roadways so that police couldn't fully respond. Didn't that actually happen? Detonating cars? Is that really? That seems very familiar, yeah. Or maybe it's in a a movie. Maybe Maybe he's drawing from real life. The, uh, the first one he described sounded quite familiar as well. The paintings and the t- tying someone up. Fake cops. Anyway. Um, I thought that uh, I thought about that. Code 3. Oh, what did we say Code 3 was? Wasn't it diarrhea? <laughs> one of those, like, there's cold, there's cold 1 and Code 2. Yeah. I think. I don't know what Code 3 was. It was something. It was something. Well, you know, when, if, 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 if you're in a Primark and you mm. hear a, like, Code whatever... I think it means they found um they found like a, a liquid. Oh what? What do you mean? Yeah. What what kind oh like, like if, a bodily if, if, fluid. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, what would be the most commonly occurring Primark bodily fluid? Piss. Vomit, piss, cum. Vomit and <laughs> all three in <laughs> equal measure. <laughs> yeah. Code nine is all of them. <laughs> in, in a one pile. pile. <laughs> I thought about that. Code three. Adrenalized cops swarming in from all points with lights, sirens, the works, and slamming into gridlock everywhere. Damn. Frustrating wasn't a strong enough word for that. Jacoby had the receiver to his ear and was twisting the cord around his fingers, but he was still on hold, so I gave him the highlights of my research. Ah, phone with a cord. (laughs) Of course. I said, from what I can tell, you don't have to come through a skylight on a rope with suction cups and a glass cutter or crawl under laser beams. That's exactly what I just said. Yeah, because then that would make an interesting heist book. Then there'd be some problem solving involved and we don't want that because that just gets in the way of just walking around. No. because Driving from bit to bit. That would take some actual, you know, calorific intent into brain energy to write that. You want to rob a museum, go at night. No civilians, small security detail. Threaten and terrify the guards, bind them with duct tape, get the keys and codes, lift the loot that is hanging in plain sight, and get the hell out. I I want to tell a story here to just completely contradict that. But the most successful art thief of all time was a random, I think he was French, and Mm -hmm. he did all of his stealing. No, he was German. did all of his stealing by literally just walking into museums and galleries in broad daylight just picking things off the wall and walking out the door yeah i mean i'm not a klepto but you do often think that going around public galleries like obviously the the really expensive stuff you wouldn't stand a chance because one thing everyone's looking at it but it may have some security measures the only reason the mona lisa is famous is because it got stolen and got brought back yeah but that 50 that mere fifty thousand pound pot over there that's just a yeah. bit of extra, a bit, a bit of side pottery. Fucking. Do you remember when that guy smashed that, that pot in the British Museum? It was um, was it not the British Museum? 
I can't there remember. Was a, there was a big, it was a, there was an amazing CCTV TV video of this guy just barging into this pot and it just smashing everywhere. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. By accident or sabotage? Oh, oh I, I can't remember. But, you know, it's, it's one of those schadenfreude ones. I'm definitely going to find that after this. Um, uh, lift the loot, get the hell out. I wonder if that's Loman's plan. Do the hit not on Christmas Day, as we've been led to believe, but after museum hours on Christmas Eve. Not many security guards working then, but surely... Well, no, there are. They just don't have Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but also surely, like, if there's going to be fewer on Christmas Eve, there'll be at least that few again on Christmas Day, right? <laughs> there's not going to be suddenly, yeah. like, a huge security detail on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd maybe think that because that's pretty much the laziest idea for a robbery of all time, yeah. They might actually employ some extra security on Christmas. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Jacoby said, I like your thinking, of course, and turned his attention back to the phone. <laughs> I like your thinking, James, says a character <laughs> written by James Patterson. I love it how whenever we spend five minutes just sort of pausing to say how stupid something is, often the following line is, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing idea. You're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and turned his attention back to the phone. James Carp, it's Warren Jacoby. Yeah, I know. Long time. Listen, Carp, I'm oh, helping I mean, out. Oh, they know each other. Yeah, long yeah. Time. He, they they go way back. He said something like, oh, okay. I think he said long time. So now he's saying again. Yeah, I know. Long time. Listen, Carp, I'm helping out at a southern station on a tip we got that the De Young is going to be burglarized. Burglarized. I love that word. Come on, that's so petty, isn't it? You wouldn't say like, oh, the the Mona Lisa's been burglarized. Grammatically correct, though. But it sounds like, you know, a little guy in a black and white <laughs> stripy top and a bandit mask. Put him on speaker, I said. Jacoby hit the button and introduced the security head, adding, Boxer, Carp and I were patrolling a beat when you were in high school. I laughed oh, politely. Yeah. I laughed politely and said, that can't be right. Do you think he's lying? I cut to the chase, telling Carp about our unconfirmed lead, pointing to a possible well-armed hit on the museum on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Our call was interrupted when Officer Bubbline Waters... No Fuck fucking off. way. You need to spell that for me. Wait a sec. Our call was interrupted when Officer Bubbline Waters... And Bubbline is texted... Uh, t- spelt... B U B B L E E N. That is his bubbling waters. First name. Bubbling waters is the name of the character. I don't get his names at all. Are they supposed to be jokes? That's what I don't get. It's like they're either really shit jokes. Is the joke on us and these have been comedy books the whole time? Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. Although they're not really that funny. <laughs> you know, they're not good enough to be comedy. Frankly, I, I often find that we're, um, you know, we have to push it. So we, he sometimes makes us work harder than others because he can happily knock off a whole chapter of a woman walking to a courthouse. <laughs> that fucking chapter gets me every time. That makes oh. people trying to make <clears throat> funny content based on it work a little bit harder. Uh, and then a, occasionally he'll throw us a bubbly in waters. <laughs> but that bubbly. is... I mean, bubbly can't be a name. Bubbly. Or even right, close to be, a name. 
you, you keep reading. I'm going to see if Bubbleen's a real name. Our call was interrupted when Officer Bubbleen Waters texted me from the seventh floor jail. Sergeant, I got your prisoner in a box. Lambert, Julian. Oh, he's still alive then, at this point. Um, Jacoby told Carp he'd call him back and signed off. We went upstairs to the jail. I was ready and eager to talk to jo- Julian Lambert. I had news for him about his friend Dietz, and we weren't leaving Lambert until he had actionable news for us. Dum dum dum. Okay, so I've 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 done a bit of research. Yeah. Um, I'm on names.org. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> out of six million. 28,151 records in the US Social Security Administration public data. The first name Bubbleen was not present. <laughs> it is possible the name you're searching has less than five occurrences per year in a population of 350 million. Yeah, I can, so no, I can believe is it. is not a real name. I mean, it sounds like... You can, um, you can Bubbleen it. There's an actor called Forest Fire. I know. It, that must be a stage name. But yeah, exactly. You, you expect that to be a stage name. But Bubbleen Waters... Imagine if they met, actually, well, Forest Fire and Bubbling Waters. You know Bubbling Waters is the name of this chapter then, right? I think it has to be. Like it, it, That's just something... I mean, obviously, we'd remember if, she, if he or she... I, I imagine it being she. I don't know why. I'm imagining it being like a... It's kind of like a sort of like um, like a Jolene. Yeah. That kind of... Oh, I can imagine Dolly Parton singing a song about a bubbling. Bubbling, 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 <laughs> bubbling. Yeah, I think we just call it bubbling. Bubbling. Yeah. Bubbling waters. Bubbling waters. Actually, yeah. Bubbling waters. I mean, if you're going to be insane enough to make up the name Bubbling and then give her the surname Waters. <laughs> Do you think maybe like his kids dared him? <laughs> he, he went to his kids and he was like, give me an idea for a name. But again, it's like that completely pointless pun. You know, it almost sounds like the kind of name that Bart Simpson would tell Mo over the phone. Are you going to yeah, Waters? Bubbling Waters? Except there's nothing funny about it. You know. <laughs> okay. Do we need another number? Yes, please. All right. Bubbling. Bubbling waters. Oh fuck! You're not going to believe this. It's twenty-four. Oh shit! Okay. We have, a, we have we have a non-zero chance of hearing more about bubbling waters. <laughs> well, um, obviously that's the closest one on the back end. Uh, in the on twenty-eight coming up is long hair, long hair, jeans, and string bracelets. Which is oh, Zach. Zach, I think. Yeah, I Zach, think that's the Zach, first Zach. appearance of Zach. Zach, 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 lost in a lost in a prison. So I think this means we're going to skip a potential interview with Julian Lambert. Oh no! Um, <laughs> so I don't know why that would be a bad thing. Okay, chapter twenty-four. There was a lull in the conversation between Lambert. Oh no! <laughs> of course, oh, it's no, James it Patterson. <laughs> what was I thinking? We put both feet right into a into into a Lambert hole. Well, fingers crossed for Bubbleen. There was a lull in the conversation between Lambert and Russell as Russell negotiated the traffic in the rain, looking at his watch every few minutes. Lambert didn't want to interrupt Russell's thoughts, so he tuned in to his own. Dick Russell. That's how brains work. Is it Dick Russell? Is it Dick Russell? Oh my God, yeah. Sick. So Lambert's Dr. free. Gadget. Then he must have gotten out at some point. Yeah. Hang on, what, what point does he wank himself to death? Oh, it's ages away. It's 67. That was our first chapter, so I think of it as being early in the book, but it's not. I'd, I'd forgotten that was the name of that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, so he's yet to wank himself to death, but he is doomed. So he's tuning into his own thoughts. 
He thought again about Dietz. He didn't know much about the guy, but he gleaned that Dietz was a sports fisherman and owned a boat called the Mai Tai he talked about a lot and had a 17-year-old daughter named Debbie. Uh, When he'd known Dietz, he hadn't yet been diagnosed with cancer. Shit. He'd only been about 40. Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, So who's that who's got cancer? Who is Dietz again? Dietz. When he'd known Dietz. Oh, Dietz. I don't know. It's this name that keeps cropping up. and I'm never quite sure how to say it. D-I-E-T-Z. Who is he? I've no idea. If he is dead, then it's the classic James Patterson to give him the name Die TZ. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Should have just called him Deads. Lambert tried to <laughs> Lambert tried to picture what the cops had told him about Dietz firing on armed SWAT like he wanted to die. Oh, maybe he's dead. Oh, De- Dietz was the guy that um the prostitute was had information about. Oh, that's right. He went down sort of... He was going to kill the man. All guns blazing. Right. They didn't know that Dietz and Lohman had planned this blaze of glory in exchange for a payout to Dietz's daughter. Generous of Lohman to spring for it. But then Dietz had come through for Lohman, even in death. Lambert appreciated Lohman's game plan, throwing down fake clues like spike strips in the path of the police, distracting them from the real plan and at the same time scaring the citizens with random chaotic events. It took tremendous skill and confidence to do that. <laughs> it took tremendous skill and confidence to write a book this bad. I was going to say, that just sounds like a little clap on the back and self-exculpating. It takes a lot of skill to create a complete shitstorm and mess of a book. <laughs> Lambert's own strength was that he was a complete athlete, almost a player coach. The coach had foresight. He could diagram plays and he knew when to call them. The player knew the whole field anticipated events and knew what to do in the moment. His movements were quick and instinctive. He executed. Lambert had used these skills in football and in life, and they had never failed him. He's one of those. For this job, he would work with Lohman's playbook and carefully script out his plays. He had a nose for the goal line, in this case, the money, and he'd know how to make it to the end zone. Ugh, it's going to be loads of football. Enough football metaphors. Yeah. I'm glad he wanks himself to death. (laughs) Right now, Lambert was seeing himself at a nice restaurant at a table with a view, having a three-course lunch, Lohman telling him what he expected from him in the upcoming heist of the century. Russell made a turn onto the Great Highway, followed the signs towards Land's End. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. It's time to describe some roads again. (laughs) There was a good restaurant out there, the Cliff House, where on a clear day, you could see 180 degrees of ocean beyond the rocky bluff. What we're going to do, Russell said, is stop at the Land's End lookout of El Camino del Mar. Lohman is going to meet us there and you'll go in his car with him. I'll drive around for a little while, make sure I wasn't followed. You don't need to write that bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's not even going to just write it, he's going to describe it. And then I'll meet you at the restaurant. There's our turn off. Russell turned left and drove down, drove toward a paved parking area flanked by trees. And ahead, the USS San Francisco Memorial. On the left was a breathtaking view of the Pacific. To the right, the Golden Gate Bridge. You know know how you can get away with not having to describe a view? (laughs) You just say it's breathtaking, done. Exactly, yeah. And also it's a bit like, uh, I think we were saying this last time, like, guess what the view of San Francisco has in it? Um, It's Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate Bridge. Alcatraz yeah. is, is there too, which is going to come up, I guarantee you. I need a little help, Russell said. 
He angled the car and backed it up so that the rear was against the parking barrier and the front was pointed toward the road. Lambert noticed that the weather had kept the tourists inside. The parking lot, usually busy, was empty. Oh, San Francisco's most popular parking lot. (laughs) It obviously isn't a very high foot traffic time. Sure, Dick. Great what, time to rob a great time to rob a museum. What are you going to do? Are you going to rob, heist the Golden Gate Bridge? We won't be expecting that. <laughs> and now he noticed that Russell seemed edgy. Uh, sorry, sure, Dick. What do you need? Lambert asked. And now he noticed that Russell seemed edgy. Everything okay? Lambert asked. I've got a ton of weapons in the trunk. They're in duffel bags. <laughs> if you want to calm down. My trunk's full of guns. <laughs> They're in duffel bags, so no worries. We'll transfer them to Loman's car, but let's get them out now. They sound like kids. They got out of the car and opened the trunk. <laughs> oh, you could almost predict it. Russell pulled up on the trunk release and got out. It was actually oh, more detailed. <laughs> Lambert climbed out of the passenger seat and walking straight into the wind, reached the back of the car before the older oh, man. That's a skill. It took me one sentence to get to the trunk. It took James two Adam, he's not even there yet. He pulled up on the latch, full stop. (laughs) The trunk lid sprang up, full stop. (laughs) Oh, the world's most lavish description (laughs) of opening a car boot. I mean, it's not saying much in this book, but that is a whole paragraph. Imagine, imagine a chapter when you've got a view of a gold, the Golden Gate Bridge, and you devote more words per description to opening a trunk. Yeah, exactly. The whole, the whole... Uh, the whole kerfuffle. The cargo space was carpeted in black. Lambert saw a duffel bag, but it was flat. It didn't seem like it held a ton of weapons. He leaned in and patted it. The bag was empty. Was he missing the obvious, or had Russell exaggerated? Lambert He's was st- going in the bag. Uh, Lambert was straightening up to ask when he felt a jolt of fear. It was an animal instinct, a realisation that he'd read this game all wrong. He's being pushed into the boot. Well, I mean, we give him a lot of stick for these over-descriptive bits, but at least that one sort of had a payoff. And it didn't end with, I don't know. Like, usually that type of ending, like, oh shit, comes out of absolutely nowhere. Whereas at least we stayed with the same two characters, we fixated on the trunk, which apparently Lambert is going in. So, yeah, better than most. However, we did use about 100 words to describe his walk from yes. from from all of the actions from pressing the button to open the trunk to being pushed in. I can't believe we had to hear about the trunk release. I mean even though like you said it was it, it was a focal point of the scene. You can cut a bit of leeway there because it's clearly an important part of that chapter. Yeah. But fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the most tedious television. That's that's how he writes. He's like he's got it into his head that what's what makes it seem visceral is the description of everything. I've said it before. James Patterson could be a relatively good screenwriter because he writes descriptions of things that people do. But actually, that only means of... he can read like screen directions, stage directions. Yeah. Like there's no there's no you know there's no atmosphere. No, this, absolutely not. This this crime noir is lacking so. <laughs> much in atmosphere yeah i've not even there's, there's, there's no tone he managed he's managed to write an entire book without a tone that's it that is the james patterson aesthetic <laughs> absolutely no tone right let's find another one okay what should we name that 
Um, has to be about the trunk. Does yeah. Um, trunk release. Luxuriant, luxuriant trunk trunk description. <laughs> trunk porn. <laughs> luxuriant trunk porn. Cool, luxurious trunk porn. So I generated another number, and it was nineteen again. Uh, yeah, we've done that. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. We haven't done that. What's the nearest one to it? So um, we have done. Uh, so long jeans. Oh no, sorry. Zach Jordan lost in prison is twenty-nine. Yeah. And then the next one is thirty-seven. Joey Headbutt's another good daughter. We've been around this area quite a lot, I think. Um, okay. We, we, this 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 is Christmas Eve still, I think. Uh, I think so. We'll probably get told. Um, okay, here we go. Chapter 32. Ted Swanson. Now, have we heard of him? I think so, yeah. Uh, okay. Ted Swanson shuffled into the interview room, his leg chains rattling and scraping against the floor. Jacoby hardly recognised it. Can I just say, how many fucking interrogation scenes have we had? It feels like every other chapter is an interrogation <laughs> yeah. Um, his leg chains rattling and scraping against the floor. Jacoby hardly recognised him. Before the massacre, Swanson had looked like a typical guy next door. <laughs> Wait, so but so between between the last chapter and this chapter, there's been a massacre. Yeah. Well, they you know what they say about massacres that they they really age you. you... Like this book is aging me. <laughs> Uh, before the massacre, Swanson had looked like a typical guy next door. Sandy hair, average build, blue-grey eyes, a very convincing career cop with a future. Oh, he's a cop. Ah. Then he misjudged a drug lord. <laughs> was ambushed... Oh, you should never misjudge a, a drug lord. Drug lord. Was ambushed in a firefight, underwent innumerable surgeries, endured six months of rehab, and suffered through a scorching murder trial. Whew. Jeez. So hang Tough on. Break for Swanson. And he's in prison, so he he was accused. Sounds I like guess. he's done. He probably killed somebody in the heat of it all. Yeah. Okay. Last time Jacoby saw Swanson, he was being helped into a prison van, looking scrawny, beaten up, and beaten down. <laughs> God, this guy can't catch a break. They're beating him up and they're beating him down, like one after the <laughs> up next. Up and down. Yeah. If you keep doing that, you'll you'll wank yourself to death. Definitely. That's, that's, as Julian Lambert is about to discover. <laughs> Should have tried beating it to the left and right a little bit. And he might have bought himself some time. <laughs> I still think that Julian Lambert wanks himself to death is the best one that we've done. Well, it was the very first one we've done, so that doesn't bode well um, for, our, for the uh, continuation of the project. Um, so he's beaten up, beaten down. But a year at San Quentin in the seclusion of administrative segregation with few visitors, fewer privileges, and no hope of freedom had apparently been good what for him. What the fuck did this guy do? Yeah. Because it's very confusingly described because it really sounds like, you know, he misjudged a drug lord, got ambushed, had surgery, suffered through a murder trial, which you'd imagine he was a witness because he was either undercover or something. And then he got beaten up. Like, what, is, what has he done to deserve... What has this poor man done? ...life in prison? Uh, uh, Swanson had bulked up, and his face looked sculpted. He appeared fit, healthy, even respectable, for whatever that was worth. <laughs> um, Swanson grinned broadly and said, My God, Chief Jacoby, so, gl- gl- so glad to see you, man. So glad to glee you. He held out his cuffed wrists so a guard could chain them to a hook on the table. 
Jacoby said, how you doing, Swanson? Accommodations agree with you? That's taking the piss, isn't it? You wouldn't say that to a you know, former you've colleague. Been, you've been in San Quentin. Yeah. Notoriously <laughs> awful prison. <laughs> They're treating you right. Uh, not bad. Not bad. First time in my life I'd ha- I've had time to think. Of course, I don't get a lot of visitors, so this meet with you makes my month. What brings you here, Chief? I'm officially retired. Brady hired me to help with a case. You're retired? How's that going? As you said, first time in my life I have time to think. Because retirement is just the same as prison, isn't it? <laughs> that's, 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 that, that's on like a, a real boomer greetings exactly, card. Exactly, yeah. Swanson nodded appreciatively while Jacoby fought back the urge to punch him in the face. Whoa! What did he do? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Fought back the urge spit in your sandwich. to punch him in the face again and again and again. Whoa. No way it says that. Like, I know, obviously, we're playing bingo here and we're jumping at random things, but I would say that nothing in the tone of this chapter aligns with either what's happened to Swanson or what this Jacoby guy thinks about him. He must have done something awful. Yeah. Uh, so how can I help? Swanson asked. It's like this, Swanson. We've got some information about a job going down, but our informant had limited info and our next best lead is dead. You want me to help you? Jacoby nodded, if you're still connected. And what do I get in return? Swanson asked. The bastard wanted a deal. How do you like a conjugal visit? Ha, love it, said Swanson. But you're going to have to do a little more than twist my ex-wife's arm. Oh, I see. You didn't know Nancy divorced me. Jesus Christ, this guy's life's a tragedy. <laughs> he's been beaten up and down and left and Well, right. no wonder he was beating up and down. <laughs> he's, he's not seen his wife anymore. Yeah. Ex-wife. So what do you want? Jacoby asked. A hooker? A generous deposit to your commissary account? Here's what I want. A conjugal visit with a pen pal girlfriend of mine. And I'll take that deposit to the commissary. A hundred a month for a year sound Okay. Jacoby nodded slowly, said, I can do that. Should have asked for a bit more. Swanson reached his hands out out the length of his chain as if to shake on it. Jacoby didn't go for it. Let's see if you still have your chops. Ever heard of a guy named Loman? He's the one who's doing this? His name came up in the investigation, said Jacoby. Look, I don't know him, but I know a little about him. He supposedly knocked off an armoured car in a bank, two-for-one heist in L.A. about five years ago. There are about five or six fatalities, if I remember correctly. LAPD got his name from one of the crew who was breathing his last. Then there was a casino job in Vegas. <laughs> Loma! It's like, like the beginning of Citizen Kane. Yeah. Uh, then there was a casino job in Vegas a couple of years later that looked like Loman, close to a $9 million haul. Jacoby said, Black Diamond Casino, right? Yeah, that's it said Swanson. Bodies were littering the pit. God, he loves his massacres, doesn't he? Jesus. The robbery crew got out there with their mega score, but then fate intervened. They were incinerated in a collision with a gas truck. What? What the fuck? Christ, the body count is just suddenly taking such a huge... Once again, something really interesting happens yeah. outside of the realms of this book. Whilst we're in some really dull back and forth between two characters who... Aren't even the main characters. We're in yet another fucking... The Women's Murder Club, and we've got two men interviewing each other. Adam, in the three 
chapters we've covered today, have any of the women been in them? Boxer? Oh, yeah. Lindsay was in the first one, wasn't she? Yeah. Okay, fine. But that's it. But she was totally upstaged by Bubbling Waters, which is all that would be remembered. Anybody would be upstaged by Bubbling Waters. So fucking people incinerated in a collision with a gas truck. Jacoby said, what about Loman himself? Is that his name or an alias? Where does he live? Known associates? What I heard is that he hires guys for a job or two. They're dispensable. My guess, that's how Loman stays invisible. And I'll tell you something else. A hunch, really. Go on. Swanson grinned. He doesn't make mistakes. Given the bodies he's left behind, that's almost impossible. He's too good a writer. He doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) Yet it's apparently true. Okay, Swanson, you've given me nothing I didn't know. Jacoby got up, banged on the door and called for the guard. Swanson swiveled in his seat and said, What about our deal, Jacoby? Jacoby scoffed. When you have something I can use, get in touch. Guards opened the door for Jacoby. Have a heart, chief. Costs you nothing. Come on. Be a person. Be a person? Yeah, be a person, James Patterson's characters. Be a person. (laughs) Jacoby's mind filled with furious retorts concerning Swanson's legendary crime spree. Jesus! What th- I I need to know what this guy did. This is the most interesting thing that's happened in He's this book. So, teasing us with so many <laughs> better stories <laughs> uh, concerning Swanson's legendary crime spree, but he stifled them. He needed to get out of this prison and away from Swanson, the sick son of a bitch. <laughs> we don't often swear, do we? Like it must no, be serious. Maybe like one, one per quarter. I feel like he's like on the equivalent of a PG thirteen sort of rotor. You know, like he gets he's certain. Like, um, he's like when they had to edit sweary films for for cable, and they had to like dub them over with some nonsense. Yeah, exactly. You ever seen those? Have you seen the one for Snakes on a Plane? No, I've seen it in um, I've seen it in, I've seen an actor doing it. The Snakes on a, pl- a Plane one is. I'm I'm tired of these mother flipping snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> what? Yeah, because I don't think Samuel Jackson was available, so they had to dub it over to look like what his mouth was saying. So it's someone else's voice as well. Yeah. Monday to Friday plane. On this Monday to Friday plane. Ah, oh, that's that's informative to sneak that into your uh, your stress that it's it's just a weekday flight. <laughs> uh, okay, so he needed to get out of this prison and away from Swanson, the sick son of a bitch. When he got outside, he called Boxer and then drove to the De Young Museum. And that's your lot. Well, um, has to be about the mysterious crime spree. It also has to be one word, because we've got Ooh. bubbling waters and luxuriant trunk porn so far. Um, can I have sick son of a bitch or hyphenated? Sick son of a bitch or hyphenated. Yeah, why not? I'll treat you. That means when I come or when we come to sort of read it out, however we decide to do that. We have to, like, really rattle it off. Six son of a bitch. Almost like it's one word. Okay, well, um, that was confusing, mainly. That was a nightmare, I guess. Uh, I don't, didn't really fill in any blanks, I don't think. Um, yeah. Bit of background on Julian Lambert, who we've heard about from the beginning. And we've been introduced to the most interesting character of modern fiction, Bubbly Waters. <laughs> Waters. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I hope she comes back. She just springs up. You know she won't. You know she won't. You know that character's never come no. back. No. Surfaces once and then sinks forever. Bubbling. 
Well, um, we will now spend a week forgetting all of that, and um, <laughs> we'll, we'll then, and then do we'll, another one. And then we'll forget. And then we'll forget it all again next I'll time. I'll open my spreadsheet and go, oh, I must have misspelled bubbling waters. I'll laugh at Julian Lamb wanking himself to death. Again. Like it's the first time you've heard it, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I've got a bit of an unfair advantage in editing these, although I don't really edit them that much. It's I do a sort of burps and fart sweep, you know, just make sure neither of us makes any, any what, what a Primark would call a Code 3, the podcasting equivalent <laughs> of a Primark Code 3. Definitely got a cold night. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's that then. All right. That's a wrap on part seven. Part eight will be with you sooner than you'd like. <laughs>